As the reading today is from John chapter 15, verses 9 to 17, and is found on page 1083 of your Pew Bibles. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. This is the word of the Lord. Well, they've been out amongst, they've come out of the trenches. They were between the, the, the trenches on a reconnaissance mission uh, during the First World War when one of the young soldiers was hit and wounded. He was trapped between these trenches and this wounded young sh- soldier could not get himself back to his trench. A volunteer from the company was asked for to go out and rescue him. Stepping forward, a soldier called Jim offered to go. So under the cover of darkness, Jim was able to get out between the trenches. He lifted this wounded young soldier onto his back and he began the slow and silent crawl back to the trench. Suddenly in a moment, the darkness disappeared as a as a flare burst overhead, lighting everything up, revealing what was going on, followed by the sound of a single sniper shot. Jim was killed instantly. It's just one story, isn't it? Amongst so many that come uh, from the First World War and of the Second World War and of so many other conflicts of overwhelming and courageous sacrifice. This morning you might be here and you've got stories that are in your own family. Or stories of the communities that you belong to or have belonged to. I don't know if you've ever taken the time, if if you're in Victoria Park, the Arch of Remembrance that's there, to to read what is written along, uh, along the top. It says, Remember in gratitude. 12,000 men of this city and county who fought and died for freedom. Remember all who served and strove and those who patiently endured. All they hoped for, all they had, they gave to save mankind. Themselves they scorned to save. So this morning, to be silent and to remember those who gave their lives and whose lives were changed, through war. Well, it it feels like the right thing to do, doesn't it? This morning, to be silent and to remember those who have given and continue to give 
what they hope for, what they have themselves to scorn to save. So we can experience freedom. Well, that feels like quite a small thing for us to do. To be silent and to remember, if you're anything like me, is the last post rings out, brings a whole mix of different things to feel. We've got the, the gratitude and pride in heroic sacrifice held together with, with grief and shame at tragic loss and war and wasted life. And I wonder how you begin to make sense of that. Wanting to honor sacrifice and selflessness, but also acknowledge that, that things in this world, things in our communities, things amongst nations, things in our own lives are damaged and broken. Well, I believe if we're going to make sense of any of this, we need to turn to the Bible, a book in which God makes himself known to us by coming to meet us in Jesus. The one who the prophet Isaiah, in that famous Christmas reading, describes as being mighty God and Prince of Peace. We need to turn to the Bible, we need to turn to Jesus, and we need to hear perhaps that famous verse uh, we've already heard it read this morning. It's engraved on so many war memorials and soldiers' graves. Greater love has no one than this. To lay down one's life for one's friends. I think these are the words from Jesus to help us begin to make sense of all that we feel on a Remembrance Sunday. Uh, to help us begin to make sense of, of the deeper story that we catch sight of in those stories of selfless sacrifice that we all have heard and know. Stories like Jim's. See, I found um, Jim's story in this little book. It's a 100th anniversary edition of an active service, John's Gospel. It was a copy of John's account of Jesus' life that was handed out during the First World War uh, to many millions of soldiers. We're told in Jim's story that he'd been sent a small Bible book, perhaps like this. And while he was on the front line, with time on his hands, he read it. And he read it again. And he reread it. And we're told that despite never showing an interest in spiritual things, these words began to sink deep into Jim. And he became a changed man. So what was it? that Jim discovered as he read and read again and reread his small Bible book. Well, Jim's story, uh, appropriately, has been inserted in this anniversary edition uh, next to those words of Jesus of what greater love is all about. See, that, that verse is not really about war. It's not really about remembrance. But it is a verse that gets to the heart of the Bible's message, the heart of the Christian faith. You see, Jim will have found as he read his small Bible book that greater love has no one than Jesus. He lays down his life and he offers to call us friends. Greater love has no one than Jesus. That greater love that Jesus talks about, well, it, it flows out from who God is. Uh, we heard it at the start of the reading that, that Sheila read. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. See, the God of the Bible is not just a loving God or a God who shows love or one God amongst many gods who shows love. The Bible's quite clear that God 
is the one true living God of love. He is love. Because at the very heart of who he is, is a father loving a son in the joy of the Holy Spirit. It's a three-in-one God. That's not a mass puzzle to be solved and to get our heads around. It's instead the source of love. A love that overflows and extends out, has created all that there is, has created each one of us and invited us to experience and to enjoy and to share in that love. And because God is a God of love, it means we are able to call out things that are not loving, things that are wrong, things that are not right in this world. We can grieve at the fact that there are so many conflicts still being fought today. And in Jesus, we meet this God of love. And he says, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. This greater love has no one than Jesus. He laid down his life. See, in Jesus, the God of love gives everything by dying on a cross so that we might get to experience and enjoy and share in God's love once again. When Jesus is talking with his friends, he, he says, as the Father's loved me, so I've loved you. And then he says, now remain in my love. And it's because the story of humanity is that right from the start, we have failed to remain in God's love. Instead, we've turned our lives away from God, away from his love. And it's, it's kind of the root cause behind every conflict, whether it's between nations, whether it's within communities, whether it's between friends or neighbors, whether it's even inside ourselves. But when in our lives we also experience love, we get a glimpse of this deeper love that we're made for that have unplugged ourselves from. And what does this love do? What does the God of love do? Well, he doesn't look away. He doesn't shrug, not knowing what to do. He doesn't give up. He rolls up his sleeves and dives in. He comes to us and he lays down his life for you and for me. Jesus gave up everything when he gave up his breath on the cross. On the cross, Jesus faced all that should come our way for how we've lived and the mess we land ourselves in. Jesus' death was the experience of, of God's love being taken away, an experience that probably should be ours. And Jesus would rather experience that hell for you and for me so that we would never have to. And he did it all so that he would call us friends. Jesus laid down his life so that we could be his friends. Greater love has no one than Jesus. He lays down his life and he offers to call you friend. Now I hope everyone here has got the experience in their lives of maybe one, two, three people who are deep friends. You know, kind of lifelong friends. You know, they're the kind of people who, who totally get you with all your quirks little glances going around, around, around the room. That's really, that's really precious. It's really lovely. Who, who've got your back in every situation, who will celebrate the successes, who will be with you when life is tough. You know, the people you can be totally honest and open with, the people who bring out the best in you, the people who will walk through life with you. I hope 
We all know that experience. We've got that experience. And in that, you're getting a glimpse. You're catching a glimpse of this deeper friendship that Jesus offers. There is no truer, there is no better friend or friendship than Jesus and what he offers. And it's not because we've done anything that's particularly special. It's not because God is a bit bored and lonely. It's not because God looks at us and goes, well, you're doing all right in life. Come on board. It's not because we've got something to offer that God really wants from us. Listen again to how Jesus puts it in verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you. Greater love has no one than Jesus. He lays down his life and he offers to call you friend. And do you know what friends, what happens in friendships? Your friend rubs off on you. Now I grew up in Birmingham and the usual giveaway of growing up in Birmingham is a certain twang. Somehow I missed it or it avoided me. It just bounced off me. My oldest, deepest friend who I grew up with in Birmingham, wasn't so fortunate. My wonderful wife, Emily, will tell you that if I spend a bit of time with my friend, it starts to rub off a bit on me. And there's a bit of brummy that suddenly comes on. But isn't it true of all friendships? Isn't that our experience? Something of our friend becomes, you know, is reflected in us. The same is true. Maybe even more so when Jesus calls you friend. And you experience that great love, that greatest love that gives up everything for you. So it's no surprise that Jesus links friendship with him with this command to love each other. He says in verse 12, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. So if you are here and call yourself a Christian, and what we are called to is to love greatly. And in many ways, to, to love greatly, how to do it isn't that challenging. But it is very costly. To love greatly means laying down our lives and taking the initiative. Giving up what we've got for others. And I guess for most of us, most of the time, it probably doesn't mean we'll be physically laying down our lives, risking death for others. But the fact that we're here on a Remembrance Sunday tells us that it's not an impossible thought. In our situations and circumstances, I suspect it means laying down our lifestyle for the sake of others. The kind of love that gives of what you've got in a way that makes you notice. You feel it in how you live every day. It's a love that means that there are things we might like to do, but we choose not to, so that we can give to others. And I guess our minds maybe immediately jump to things like, things like money, maybe not just giving from what's left over, but so that we feel it. A kind of love that pays attention to where we shop, what we buy, what we wear, because we know it impacts other people we've never met, maybe on the other side of the world. But I suspect for many of us, maybe something that, that hits home a bit more is, is our time and our attention. Maybe uh, you're very good with your friends or in the church community. Uh, being someone who sends someone on card. Maybe drops a meal around. Sends a message. But are we good at giving people more than that? Our time. Our attention. Just, just imagine with you how powerful it must be for a, for a teenager. For somebody grieving. 
for someone going through a mental health challenge, for someone whose family life has just imploded, for somebody who is feeling lonely, for somebody who is going through cancer treatment, to know you have time for them and that they have your full attention, that you call them friends. Now, we catch glimpses of this kind of love in all kinds of different people. It's not just Christians who can do this. But lives that are continually marked out by this greater love, well, that only comes from knowing the great love Jesus has shown. From having his power, his Holy Spirit at work in us. Greater love has no one than Jesus. He lays down his life. He calls us friends. To to love greatly, it's not complicated very costly. I mean, just think of all the things we, we, we have to say no to. So, so is it a life of missing out? It's not what Jesus says, is it? Verse 11, Jesus says, I tell you, I have told you this, so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. To love greatly To give things up is a path to joy. Remember Jim? Start off with Jim. I'll I'll level with you. I don't actually know if his name was Jim. But I do know that his nickname was Singing Jim. That's what he was known as in the trenches. Why? Because at the back of his small Bible book were a few hymns. And Jim would sing these hymns to himself in the trenches. And the soldiers around him would hear him. That's how he got their nickname, Singing Jim. When Jim's body was recovered, in his pocket was a long letter to his wife. And in that letter, Jim explained how he had uh, come to Jesus Christ and was encouraging her to do the same. And the wounded young soldier offered to take that letter home to England and to deliver it uh, to Jim's wife and to personally tell her how her husband had laid down his life for him. He was given the letter, and he went and delivered it. But Jim's company of soldiers had one more request that they wanted this wounded soldier uh, to do for them. While he was in England, they asked, could he pick up some of the copies of the book Singing Jim had been reading? And we pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are a God of love and that you have shown that love most clearly in coming to meet us as Jesus and in Jesus laying down his life for us and inviting us to call him friend. I pray that that might be something that does change our lives. For those of us who follow in his footsteps, would we be those who love greatly? and experience his joy. For we ask it in his name. Amen.